Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then we need somebody to look up to for who working hard and that shit paying off and they stand down, bang, you yeah. know, keeping faith, whatever, whatever. Definitely look to Ed, man. So, yeah, never give up on yourself, bro. A lot of us, you know, look up to you from a distance or up close, you know, for our own inspirations and keep us motivated. So, yeah. Yo. Hell real, what it do, man? What's going on, man? <laughs> Ain't nothing, bro. Good morning, bro. I appreciate you for joining the show. Um, you know, early this morning, bro. Um, but man, before we kick it up, man, what's up, bro? What's good with you? Man, you know how it is, man. Just working, man. Uh, work from home. Well, finally back in the office. Thank, thankfully, just this past sixteen months was crazy, man. From March of last year to January. I mean, to July. Of, um, um, July twelfth, we got back into the office. But you know, just the same old man, just working and stuff and. Try to just let loose a little, man, and just a lot of a lot of things been happening lately, man. But um, you know, I'm 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 doing all right, and you know, I'm glad you're doing all right. Uh, definitely, thank you for having me on today. Yeah, yeah, nah, nah, for sure, bro. Definitely glad to hear y'all. You know, back in the office, everything's safe and stuff. COVID stuff is is wild, like you know, what I mean, I can't even put put my hand on it, bro. But um, yeah, for sure, man. You know, definitely glad to have you on here today. Um, uh, for those that are listening, you know, this is um. You know, a dear friend, this is a definition of a day one, definition of a sandbox, like literally a day one. You know what I mean? Like, we done known each other. 25 years? No. I'm going to say, I don't even remember, bro. I remember, I think what, I was what, I what I was like seven, eight? Yeah, so when, when were you born again? 90, 90, 90, 92. 92, so 92 plus, uh, it had to be like 96, 96, 96, 97, 95, 96, 97, so, so 23, 24, 25 years, something like that? Yeah, yeah, nah, for sure, and and that's what I, um, you know, before we jump into all the great things that you had to share with the audience, like, I want to just take it back, you know, to 1621 Massachusetts Avenue, you know, Boys and Girls Club, 17th of Compton, you know, before the Dunkin' Donuts, it was a Foot Locker, you know, before the Chipotle, it was a carryout, like, real day one, you know, D.C., man, and, um, you know, just about your upbringing, you know, I was there to witness everything that you had going on the good the bad the ugly and everything but um you know i'll let you kind of dive into it man just tell people about yourself you know where you grew up um how you grew up and um you know we could just jump into this uh conversation got you so again my name is um laurel simon uh my nickname is rail um born and raised in washington dc and um yeah you're absolutely right um 1621 was a place um i grew up uh with a part black, part Filipino family and whatnot. And so um, I was just raised by many pots. Um, I like to consider myself as a, uh, that kid that they tell you, um, it takes a village to raise a child because there's been a lot of father figures, mother figures, uncle figures or whatever. E- even your own father um, at yeah. times was a father figure towards me. And, um, you know, I'm very appreciative of that. But yes, it was very rough back then. You know, I didn't have much and living with Lola, you know, she didn't work, just getting... Um, her social security and welfare checks and whatnot. And it was, it was, it was tough. Um, the, you think about the shotgun shoes you think about, <laughs> um, for people that don't know shotgun shoes, where you wear shoes uh, so much that there's holes in the front. So I got yeah, these toes. Man. And, yeah, yeah, embar- just embar- embarrassing at school and stuff. And, um, the haircuts at, at a dime a dozen, um, living in the basement unit of that apartment, a 1621 mass, um, the carpet was so black. If you had on white socks, at the end of the day, your yeah. socks would be dirty. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, you know, and, and at times, like, just really uh, clothes and bags, not really having a closet. Um, um, 
living on uh if someone would throw out some furniture on the sidewalk you know take the couch and that'd be my new couch or something it was you know just trying to scrap by um ha- having to hang the murray's and safeway grocery bags on the top of the pipes um in, in, the, in the ceiling of the, of the unit and um one thing in particular when when lola used to go to uh get her her, her rations her government um the, uh, the powdered milk and the um the farina the oatmeal things like that i remember one time i wanted some some cereal had a uh had uh, pulled out a box of the milk um and i noticed that there was some tatters or some small little rips on the box i don't know if it was god telling me something or whatever but for some reason i just shook the box and when i shook the box a big ass rat fell from the back and i like i dropped the box and like ran out of the apartment man and i remember you know, that it was, story it was, it, was, it was rough man it was it was rough but she did what she she could to raise me man and and um a lot of people tell me like you know my mom they never knew my dad um my mom i seen her a couple of times i remember her kissing me on the forehead during during mm-hmm. like star star search arsenio hall show at like 11 o'clock at night she ripping running the streets and um they used to always say she was smart as me smart as a whip but on those drugs with some i think a girlfriend she was running around with and somebody and just Called yeah. Lola distress and this, that, and the other man. So you know, it was it was rough, but I was able to get through, man. Just always going to school, pay, Payne Elementary, Elliott Junior right. High, Eastern Senior High, um, all within the DC area, and just that's really just all I knew, man. Going to school and just getting straight A's. Yeah, yeah, bro. And it's um, you know, everything you just kind of said, you know, I was just envisioning, you know, so much of it because I was there for so many moments. But you know, when I think about your story, your upbringing, the things you just shared. And I think us now being adults and me being able to reflect back on our childhood, you know, your story is similar, I think, to so many people, you know, in our city here in D.C., but as well as similar to, you know, just people growing up in urban environments. But what I'm saying is that in your case, you know, the average guy, the average girl, they would have felt victim um, because, you know, like I said, I was there like you didn't have nobody on your back saying you had to go to school. You didn't have nobody super, super supervising. So you kind of, you know, at a young age, you could have did whatever you wanted to do. So, you know, as you said, it takes a village to raise a child. You know, I remember Uncle Parvi, Samara, you know, like you said, my dad, uh, Mr. Crawford, all these people that were in our lives. But what do you think was the thing that kept you, like, focused? Because even when you mentioned Payne, Elliot, the Eastern, like like I said, people, we talking about pre-gentrification. We talking about pre Washington, we talking about D.C., those three schools you just named, like, those are some of the roughest schools in the district. So, you know, what kept you focused, bro, like, just going through all those different challenges that many kids, you know, would have just gave into? I'll say, you know, probably just a time stroke of luck. And at, at that time, being so young, not really knowing God or going to church. I mean, I didn't start going to church until uh, 2012. Yeah. So really, uh, really only about 10 years ago. But just just standing to the books and not really ripping and running the streets, you know, I go to school and go home and uh, play video games or what have you, um, and, um, and and um, just just really just fo- focus on that, really, you know. And then as I got older in the high school and stuff, starting to uh, the different types of friends, the different circles I had, man, and just not really not really getting into any type of trouble, you know. And and, and you know, and, and again, shout out to our childhood friends, Jarrell and Markel and Cornell and you know Tata and all of them, and shout out to my high school friends or, or those people that I know now, you know, shout out to Jermaine and Jamal, the twins and Black mm-hmm. Rob, you know, for example. Um, um, and, and, and that, that sort of family system, you know, again, shout yeah. out to my Filipino fam, Lola Sally, Lola, you know, uh, uh, Pop, uh, Pop Camis, uh, Rod, my cousins and all of them. Shout out to Samira, Uncle Harvey, our little rest in peace, her soul, um, um, you know, Lil Harvey and, and all the kids and everything like that. So, uh, you know, just, just really just, 
I just really didn't get into nothing. <laughs> I was just just yeah, and school I, and video games, like playing playing right. with y'all or whatever. Wrestling, you know, we and we was outside all day, throwback, right. like you know, we was outside. But I think you just answered the question too, you know, kind of part of it. Um, when you just said shout out to the friend, I think that's one thing, bro. Like growing up, you know, from sixteen twenty one, people down the street, across the street, Janera, Bino, Miss Gwen, Jarrell, Miss Lisa, Rob, my father, T- Tate, his parents. Right. Right. I think we always kept good company at the end of the day. Like, yeah, we was kids and we might get into stuff, but, you know, I think we kept, you know, like good company. And I think the company right. we kept, they families all embraced, even across the street, Rashad and Miss Peaches. Like, we was right. cool with everybody's parents or sisters or uncles. And I think, you know, it just kind of made me think about it. I think that definitely played a role because, you know, you you, you based on your environment when you're growing up, you adapt to the things around. So, you know, 17 for Compton was 17 to Compton, but the right. people that we was close in with, you know, they was trying to protect us from all that stuff that was going on outside. Yeah, that's true. And I guess another little quirky thing is all oh, we all love wrestling. If you think about it, wrestling in the grass, putting each other wrestling the was lit, coming out with the toys and the, and the belt and the, and, the, and the music, the boom box with the CDs and the yeah. I, I got I'm 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 a run uh, SmackDown. You run Raw. Just a whole type of stuff. Yeah, man. we was we was into it, man. Like it's so funny because I be seeing wrestling today. Like man, this drain is so whack. <laughs> I was watching I mean, this. I was on YouTube the other day looking at old Eric Bischoff WCW rivals. I was like, man, these are the days. <laughs> yeah, but the magic is still there because actually, uh, the, the, uh, not WWE, it's a company called AEW. They, they, you know, they've been around. Yeah, they solid. They, they just, solid. Yeah. Right. They just did a show last night. Um, the new show called Rampage, and stuff. they just signed CM Punk. And I was sitting here watching it last night. And it's like the crowd. I was like, wow, it was grown men crying. And sometimes, sometimes it's the moments of wrestling that really like, like get you. Like some people don't get it. Some people think wrestling is for. For 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 uh, uh, people that don't that don't geeks and freaks or whatever, man. Nah, man. Wrestling is, is a whole whole way, yeah. man. Like you know, but. Yeah, that's what they did a good job at. They made it more of like I tell people, like WWF, WWE was reality TV before reality TV. You know, they had the whole storyline and everything, and like yeah, I never yeah, forget, yeah. man. I tell people, man, when I found out wrestling was fake, man, I came home so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's scripted, but I mean, it, I mean, because you gotta plan things out. But they still get hurt and stuff like that. So it's, but again, like, like a movie, a play is scripted too. So you know, you gotta yeah. think of it in a different context. Nah, 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 for sure, bro. Nah, that's for sure, bro. So, um, yeah, man, you know, like, uh, just you know, not to get off topic, you know, stand on topic, but just thinking about you know, growing up in Southeast DC, you know, going through all those different things, um, you, you know, and then I'm gonna brag on you, like everybody's listening, like it wasn't like you was just. Payne, East, I mean, uh, Elliot Easton, like, nah, you was getting A's, you was doing your thing, like, you know, you was a standout student, which led to you getting a full, you know, academic scholarship to a PWI institution. And, like, I remember, like, yesterday, like, you know, he was going away to school and stuff, and, you know, for those listening, well, you were four years older than me, right? Um, I'm 33. How old are you? Yeah, I'm 29. Yeah, I'm about to be 30 in February. So, I'm just saying that to say is, like, you know, you went away to school before me, um, you know, a couple of years, all those type of things. But I just remember those stories. You come home for break, um, us talking on the phone. And like, I don't think you realize the role that you played in like, you know, the, the, the lives of people in our building or in that neighborhood. Like just seeing you go away to college, you know, Mr. Crawford, Miss Mary, all the people that, you know, look and watch you grow up. Like, because when I came back home from college, I felt it like just they was just so proud of us and see us get away. But at the end of the day, of course, I had people in my ear and my family telling me to go to school. But when you see one of your dogs, one of your homies go away and do it, 
especially knowing what you came from, like I said, you easily could have slipped in the cracks. Like, you ain't have to go to school at all. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> Lola one, knowing you could have been outside chilling. Like, she would have never known nothing. Like, right. so seeing you take those steps and, like I said, you know, Drew University, totally different world from Southeast D.C. So, man, uh, let us into the world of, you know, your colleges. Kind of tell us how that went, what that shaped, you know, today with your career, your network, you know, everything. Yeah, that's a nice segue to, I guess, the second piece of, you know, what we wanted to talk about. Yeah, so I uh, graduated from, you know, Eastern in 2006, went to Drew University in Madison, New Jersey from 2006 to 2010. Um, uh, it, it wasn't a full ride. It was a, a partial ride. They, be, as long as I say no okay. dean's list, as long as I say no dean's list, they paid for half of it. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was, I don't know, I just wanted something different. I mean, I was... I thought like Southeast was like my entire world or whatnot, just growing up in Southeast, things like that. And, um, you know, I wasn't against like an HBC or anything like that. I just, I think I just applied to a few schools. Some schools gave me some offers and Drew was just the one that uh, gave me the most value, the most money to go. So being in Madison, New Jersey, uh, getting to know the people I know now, um, just, just, just learning so many different uh, cultures and people, you know, you have people from international people going to that school. And um, uh, it was a small private school where like, it was only two thousand to three thousand people in the in the in the uh, undergrad school, and then they have some grad school and theological school school students as well. But it was a um, small small class size. Um, class sizes were like fifteen students to one teacher. Um, and I chose to be an art major. I graduated with a, a degree in art. I used to always draw little stick figures here and there, and reading comics and drawing little Sonic and whatnot. And um, I remember my first year of college, I wanted to kind of like be like a Peter Parker Spider Man, taking photos, but I couldn't afford a camera. I started taking yeah. some basic some basic courses, drawing, uh, 3D, uh, painting. I fell in love with painting. And um, that's be, that's become my medium of choice, painting in acrylic and oils. And um, it was great. I mean, I had a great experience, and I've got some lifelong friends. Shout out to my boy John Ang, who lives in New York. Shout out to my boy Sterling Reese, who recently got married last year. He got, he got wet, married through COVID. I would have been a part of the wedding, but the COVID uh, sort of hampered that. But I'm glad that he got married. And shout out to my boy Nigel. And shout out to yeah. my boy Shashank too. These are all my guys that I, yeah, again, again, another sort of cluster of close-knit people uh, in college. But the experience was, uh, again, like you said, predominantly white. Um, I just had a lot of different experiences from seeing the art world in, in New York City, um, learning about art and just enjoying it. I'm having little mini shows and learning how to take pictures of my art and things like that. And once I graduated, that kind of still blossomed. Um, I haven't used art as a career per se. You know, I still, yeah. work the, uh, still work as an admin assistant at the uh, D.C. Superior Court. And I got that job based on who you know through our mutual friend, Dr. Michael Barnes. Yes, uh, sir. And so I've been I've been working there. And, um, you know, I've done a lot art wise. I feel like I've been accomplished. I've got a lot of pieces sitting around here in my apartment right now where I can just if I wanted to find a space to do an art show, just, you know, snap my fingers, have a have a show. And I've had multiple shows. I've had. um uh, an art show with the with the company Raw Artists at the Howard Theater back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done two shows with Pancakes and Booze, um, where, where they um, they had them over at uh, Penn Social downtown. I've had some uh, solo shows. I had a show right across the street from me on Georgia Avenue, and um, I've had some duo shows with some of my some of my boys or whatnot. So um, I even had my uh, artwork hanging up at the Phillips Collection, where I work part time currently um, when when they do staff shows. So I've done quite a bit art wise, you know, and, and uh, my other sort of niche with that is I do uh, civic paint parties. I believe I've done about eight now, I think. Okay. I think about eight or so, where it's kind of like a house call thing, where someone tells me, hey, I want to do a civic paint party, just name the time and the place and location and how many people. 
and I provide the supplies, um, the, the paint, the canvas, the um, uh, brushes and everything like that. And um, that's been lucrative. That's been a nice little side sort of thing. Haven't done it in about probably about two years, obviously, because of last year because of COVID. But that's been a nice little side hustle because everybody likes to, you know, just drink and paint and chill and, and, and talking and just having a good time. So uh, art, you know, I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, man, oh, nigga, you you got A's and B's throughout college because you out there painting pictures. I wouldn't trade that. I wouldn't trade that experience for, for anything, man. I learned so much. And um, I did. I got A's and B's throughout my entire uh, semester, except for one, one C plus. And I remember uh, Aunt Lil, she was mad. She wanted to call the school and be like, hey, you need to talk to them. They need to fix this grade. But I was on Dean's list all throughout that whole time. And um, Drew, Drew was great. Again, a- A's and B's, you know, I graduated, um, uh, I believe, like, magna cum laude, I want to say. I may be wrong about that, but um, I did. I did graduate with it with, with the final uh, GPA of a, of a cum laude uh, equivalent. But Drew's Drew's great. Um, yeah. Drew is kind of expensive though. At the time, sometimes they would tie themselves as the most expensive school in the state. I believe it, when I was there, fifty two thousand dollars a year. And so, like I said, with Drew paying half, uh, you cut out half of that, so you're down to twenty six. And my first year of college, I had so many scholarships. I was raking in scholarships, but the problem with that is. Uh, a lot of one-year scholarships, and I didn't, right. I didn't keep applying throughout school. So the loan started to build up a little bit and build up a little bit from from year two uh, onwards to to once I once I graduated. But yeah, man, I mean, Drew was was great, and I think that I think one thing you and I can agree on is like college is just a completely different world because again, yeah. you went to Delaware State, and you just you just in a a bubble almost with like a whole new subset of people from wherever they are. And you learn to gel and, and build and build and mold those relationships. And some of those are the building blocks that helps you prepare for um, um, life. I will say, though, one thing about college is a couple of things that college doesn't teach you. What I guess I'll get to a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. And, and I think if the listeners probably could already get a, you know, a hint of it. it's a lot of stuff that we ain't learned, you know, in the classrooms from grade school, even to college. But nah, bro, that's good stuff, because um, I think, you know, it takes a lot um Cause even me, like, you know, like I went to Delaware state with the HBCU, mm-hmm. but for grad school, I went to Towson and I'm saying like, right. it was an adjustment because it was, it was a PWI, but it was different. I was older and I already worked in the workforce with people, but I'm saying like you coming out of DC, right. um, you know, predominantly all black schools going into a whole new environment, not just an academic transition, but a culture transition. Like, yes. and I just wanted to ask before we get off is like, what, what, what do you think? Like, did you, so do you think you just have it in you where you always had that chameleon attitude or like when you got to campus, you just had an open mind because I know a lot of people, you know, we know people go away to school and after the first semester or something, they might just come back home because it might've not been a fit. It might've been too tough academically, but I know you going to Drew PWI, you up in Jersey, come from DC. Like that's a whole nother like world that you went into. So like, what, what do you think like allows you to just go in there open up, adapt, meet friends from different places that look nothing like you, sound nothing like you? Like, what was the keys that you had that allowed you to adapt to that environment? Well, I think there's two tracks to that. There's, like, class-wise, and then there's, like, a persona uh, outside of class. So outside of class, the guys I just mentioned. So Nigel's African-American, Sterling's African-American. Uh, John is is, is um, um, Asian, Asian-American. Asian uh, okay. um, And, and uh, Shashank is um, Indian-American as well. And so, um, again, right off the jump, those are sort of different sort of cultural factors. And Nigel uh, is, is from like this area of Silver Spring or whatnot, the DMV area already. So okay. he was another one that sort of uh, migrated up to Drew. But there were also some people, there were some cliques, some cultural 
uh, sort of racial clips or whatnot. But at the same time, they had like uh, Drew had like theme houses, like La Casa House for like like yeah. uh, like theme houses, like dorm uh, floors or, or uh, complete floors that are themed uh, uh, um, places, or like Umoja House for like uh, for like you know the Pan African um, experience and things like that. Um, right. so, I mean, you know, it's just a, it just became like a melting pot, and, and that sort of core that I sort of got to know um, just sort of grew. And again, you know, the first year, it, probably about the first semester, it was a filling out process, but things sort of mellow, mellowed out as the years went by. And then with the academic piece, again, me, me being an art major, I mean, and again, like I said, with a small class size, me being an art major, there weren't that many uh, male art majors. Um, okay. I remember there were some classes where uh, I'm the only guy. And it's all girls. Um, I think I think in sophomore year, I think painting my course was painting too, I think. And I was like, it was like 10, <laughs> 10 students, and I was the only guy. We were like, yeah, um, even even my senior senior thesis year, it was about like 12 or 13 of us, and I was the only guy. Um, but that didn't stop me. I mean, because you know, art is universal, you know, what you know, um, the art that you do can speak to so many people and speak in so many languages. It doesn't matter yeah. what gender or skin color you are, really. But Again, like I said, I just I just enjoyed it. It was it was it was great, and I'm glad I was able to adapt. And I some sometimes I kind of feel like I can be a sponge to adapt to certain situations. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. And that's a, you know, it being a PWI, just a different culture, man. You know how how was the dating, man? I'm surprised you didn't come back with a Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I mean, yeah, it was a yeah. I think like every semester I was involved in like with somebody or something. Um, yeah. Uh, black or, or um, Latino, what have you. It was always like a little something going on. Some, somebody may like me or what have you. Uh, nothing really like manifested out of that. You know, it was just college. Just I guess. college, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, not for sure, man. So, yeah, bro. Um, you know, next thing I want to talk about, um, at, you know, as we're talking about colleges, you know, we talk about the good things of college, the jobs, the fun, the memories, the network, the parties. But as you mentioned earlier, you know, everyone – uh, is not in a position to maybe just fund college out of their pocket or have the full athletic, academic, you know, band scholarship, whatever the case may be. So to continue your education and to stay in school, we know one thing is a pretty penny. Um, sometimes this deals with grants, scholarships, and then yeah. unfortunately it deals with loans. Um, I'm reminded when I'm paying my loans on a you know, monthly basis, but right. you on the hand um, is someone that I'm glad you're on here to talk about this today because um, you're a person that I've seen go to school, get the loans, not let them mentally stress you out, not let them whatever. And you just made sacrifice and like, look, I'm about to knock this down, I'm about to get this debt out of here, I'm about to get my credit straight, whatever. So, yep. you know, in this country, millions, millions, millions of people dealing with student loan debt. Most of them is 100,000 plus, um, you know, especially if you're going to grad school and all these different type of things. So today, um, I know the main thing I want you to get into is, man, talk about how you paid off your student loans. Like, you know, like you say, you're 33, you know, you just was in school, what, just graduated probably 10, 11 years ago. And, you know, this is debt that people carry around with them till they die. So, man, let's just take a deep dive into this, bro, and, you know, kind of share your jewels and, and tips with the people about this uh, this topic. Yes, and so, um, again, part of it is, I, um, part of this whole thing is, like, I started really dipping into personal finance. Um, it all, you know, it all started in 2017. You know, I talked about this when I wrote my first article, um, you know, dealing with that breakup, you know, that, that we talked about, you know, I was mm-hmm. really just at a low point uh, feeling uh, the depression, um, not having the direction. And at the same time, I was just in, in debt, just in, in a whole lot of debt. 
$24,000 yeah. across five different credit cards, man. $34,000 left on student loans and just feeling overwhelmed and um, feeling depressed. And um, it, it was just, it was just, it was just rough. I needed a direction. I needed, I needed something to, I needed a, a, a anchor to, to float me and to keep me afloat. And so, you know, I just started reading books and listening to podcasts. Um, yeah. Shout out to Dave, to Dave Ramsey. Um, I started watching uh, Dave Ramsey stuff on YouTube. Uh, okay. Personal, personal finance. Um, um, about three million subscribers on YouTube and whatnot. But he, you know, uh, millionaire guy, billionaire guy, probably, but. Um, I just started going from there. I started making a plan and say, like, okay, I got all this debt. I got all this credit card debt. I got all this student loan debt. It's time to put a plan to it. And I started following some of uh, some of Dave Ramsey's rules, but also at the same time, some different blogs and publications um, um, that I started to read and follow. Um, you think about R- Ramit Sethi's uh, "I Will Teach You to Be Rich." How to not? Yeah. Be, and in this book, he t- talks about how not to stress over that five dollar coffee. Which is kind of contrast to like Dave Ramsey, where it's like scorch earth fire. Don't buy nothing. Don't buy shit, and just just pay everything off. Um, but I just started. <clears> and I want to really and, down and, and focus. Yeah, and then I'm sorry to interrupt you, bro, but I wanted to stop you right there because I hear that advice a lot. Um, I've gotten it a lot. You know, don't buy nothing. Don't do this. Don't go out right. But we we know it's it's hard to do. So how do you really strap down? and discipline yourself, you know, especially if you was a, a, a social butterfly, you like to be in the mix of others. So, you know, when you go out, it calls a price. You might want to get some food. You might want to get some drinks. You might want to Uber, pay for parking. So how do you really stay down, like, and really discipline yourself to not go out and buy nothing that you don't need? You know, I think a perfect example of that is last year. Think about COVID. Um, if you think about how we sitting at home or me sitting at home, um, telework, you know, again, my job, I have to dress up suit and tie, well, not suit, but dress shirt and tie and slacks. And, you know, I, I love Jordan 13s also. I got a bunch of Jordan 13s. But you think about yeah. last year, I'm just sitting around in sweats, not really using my clothes and um, not, not having to go anywhere. And so that's one of the that's one of the main things. You really got to sit down and write, write down how much money you really have to yourself and the funds you have available and really just start a plan of attack. And so. You know, COVID hopefully for some people taught them like you can sort of live with less, and and, and um, that COVID really helped accelerate my grind because you think about 2018, 2019, I made a plan, started paying things down, paying things down, getting through it, getting through it. 2020 ended up being a hump to really um, get me through, and, and again, I was fortunate to still have it, still have a job, um, um, and, and but but some quirky things that I did, you know, my work bonuses, all that went straight to. The student loans, the, the stimulus checks that we got, all that went straight to the student loans. But I just kind of you, you gotta you gotta take things in order because in 2018, um, I paid off one of my smaller student loans, and and in 2019, I paid off my credit cards fully. So that 24 grand I mentioned earlier, and you know, pretty much in 2019, the fall of 2019 until uh, March of this year was the sort of final stretch to finish paying off my student loans. But you really gotta sit down, take the time to sit down and evaluate how much money you're bringing in and um, just, just create a plan of, of, of attack. And it's hard. I mean, you know, you, you also got to say no to stuff. You got to say no to people. Um, a lot of people, happy hour, this, that, and the other. Let's go to brunch, um, do this and do that. And you have to say no to people and, or, or try to do things, do things for free, do things uh, cheaply, cheaper or have experiences cheaper. But it all depends on where you are. You know, there's some people out here that have a million dollars in debt. There's some people that have Five hundred thousand dollars in debt. Or there's some right. people that there's some people that make a hundred grand and have a hundred grand in debt, 
but it's still underwater because they don't know how to manage their money. So at the end of the day, you know, it really is about like being able to manage your money and being able to get that, get, get that together. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Brother. Money management is key. And, um, you know, just sticking on the topic of the loans and what we covered before, you know, it makes me think this because I've experienced it. Um, talking to young people, my family, talking to young people when I uh, worked as a college advisor in the high schools and, you know, um, I think in our communities, sometimes when we're not aware, we just look at something for what it is and we say, oh, don't go to college. Don't get in that. It's not worth it. This and the third, you know, so we know right. it costs. But I wanted to ask you, as you talk to the listeners, would you say that at the end of the day, that debt, the loans you took out, whatever, for one, the first question is, would you say, was it worth it? And then the second question is just like, even though if you said it's worth it or not, like, would you do it over? Like, would you like say, oh, maybe I should go to a less expensive school or, oh, maybe I should apply to more scholarships before I go to college? Like what, you know, what, what, what would you do like differently? Um, so sort of answer the first question. Yes. Education is key. Um, I don't think you have to go to like a Yale or Harvard necessarily to get the education that you want. You can probably go to a, a lesser, uh, cheaper school or like a, um, a two year school or what have you, or like a state school or what have you. Uh, education is always, always important. Education is one thing um, that it can't take from you. You know, you probably heard that before. You know, you, you may be black. Yeah. But it may take away so much from you being black, but they can't take away your education. So that's right. one thing. Um, but I do something differently. Um, yes, I probably would have gone to a cheaper school. I would have just kept uh, being motivated to um, uh, apply for more scholarships or whatnot. Because it can become burdensome, burdensome um, when, you, when, you think about it, when you think about it like that. So I definitely, you know, definitely put some advice to people, you know, Go to college you want to, but try to evaluate how much college you can afford between yourself and your paying your parents or whatnot. Um, yeah. I actually touched on I actually touched on that in one of my articles in terms of situational saving. You know, if you're if you're in high school uh, for first year high school, try to apply for some scholarships earlier so that way you'll be up there. But also at the same time, parents uh, begin to build the five twenty nine college savings plan for your for your for your child when they're younger, so that way they'll have some money uh, to be able to use use to pay for school once they get. Once they get uh, eighteen, or once they once they uh, graduate high school. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, that's yeah, bro, no, nah, I agree, that's facts, man. So, you know, um, when I think about just this money management, um, talking about you know the, the articles and everything and the information that you're putting out, um, what 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 are you doing to you know besides like the articles and online, what are you doing to increase your outreach? to try to, you know, reach some of these young people, whether it's high school students, whether it's people currently in college or whether it's somebody that graduated a couple of years ago and, you know, really doesn't have an idea of which direction to take to tackle their student loans, to manage their money, to build their credit. Um, you know, I just want to know, are you doing anything to kind of increase your outreach besides the online presence? Um, I am. I mean, communication is key. It's just so amazing to me to see how where I was four years ago in 2017 with all this debt and see where I am now. Um, I, I became debt free on March nineteenth, twenty twenty one. That was about a week and a half. Congratulations, after, uh, my aunt. You know, appreciate it, appreciate it. Thank you. That was about a week and a half after my aunt had unfortunately passed away, and she lost mm -hmm. her battle with cancer and, and Parkinson's. And um, one of the things I would also always always say is that uh, I would always talk to her on the phone. You know, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. You know, unfortunately, when she passed, you know, I had to finally get over that hump, and I only had a little bit of student loans left. I had paid off the final about seventeen hundred dollars on on on. Uh, on March, not March 19th. Mm -hmm. And that sort of paved the way for me to start writing about uh, finance. And I think 
that's part of the communication because these articles I've, I've done four as of this recording so far i plan to do uh, uh articles monthly i've been writing on um this website called medium.com um it's kind of like this this platform going on that anchor fm where you can kind of just you do your own thing and, and they, they allow you to do it for free but i so i've just been doing a, a monthly uh writing writing monthly articles um ever since i paid off my debt just sort of sharing my story and my experiences and um the communication piece uh, how, how we're talking about it right now, how I talk about it to my coworkers, how, how I'm sharing it through articles. And I, um, I share my articles on Twitter and um, I plan on jumping back on Instagram in a little bit. We'll, we'll see. But uh, just that communication, because four years ago, I wouldn't have been talking to somebody about stocks or, or right. which funds or, or dividends and things like that. Versus now I can talk freely to people on the train or if I'm going to Costco or just in, in leisure. And, and that, that that's part of that's become part of who I am now. Um, right. And it's kind of like the art is kind of taking like a back seat. I still love art, but I just this is just the sort of thing, sort of wave I'm on right now, just with this personal finance. And this is this is a lot. That's that's one of the things I mentioned about college. College teaches you a lot, unless you're a finance major. And even when you're a finance major, you may not know it all. But man, I mean, you know, you talk about you went to grad school. I think over the past year and a half, I think I went to another school myself. I went to YouTube University, shit, because. <laughs> Because yeah. YouTube, YouTube has everything, man. I learned so much. There's so many personalities and, and uh, personal finance personalities, and there's so many things that I've I've learned from reading and podcasting. I mean, listening to podcasts and uh, from YouTube. And so, uh, I, you know, I'm still. I want to say I'm a graduate of YouTube University, but I'm still attending YouTube University because there's just a wealth of information on there. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm always I'm, I'm always learning every day. I'm still learning about things <clears throat> or not. No, no, absolutely, bro. Like. It's amazing to hear, bro. And, um, you know, I definitely love what you're doing. Um, definitely continue, you know, send me the articles anywhere I can support. Um, you know, we spread the message because it's information that we need. And, um, you know, this was just great. I'm glad to have you on today. Um, like I always tell people, you know, the, the, the main part of this platform is just me sharing my network with the world, you know, giving my friends, my colleagues, family, their flowers, you know, why they're here. So, like I said, bro, appreciate everything we done been through together. You know, we done you know watch each other grow up man and, and now we grown men and you know we still young we ain't got no kids yet we ain't dads and granddads yet but right, you know that's right, right. that's right around the corner but yeah man you know i definitely want to just shout out everybody that grew up with us man from markel jarell tata yeah, corny lante mr crawford bernard lola mr sykes um, it's Frankie, like you know what I mean. Travis, I, I say Travis right, the other day. You know, Travis, same old Travis. Show love, oh, yeah. yeah, like just a, you know, just a good thing, man. Like, cause in that neighborhood, I don't think people realize. Like when pe people sometimes, you know, DC is always gonna be DC, yeah, but yeah. they don't understand. Like that neighborhood used to be so wild. So yeah, no, no, it did. I mean, it, it did, it did, it did. Yeah, so it's like now when people be complaining about it, I'm like, y'all understand, like, nah, this thing used to be crazy. We was outside for 12 hours every day. <laughs> yeah, and at some points, you know, being a child, it was, it was just great. But and, and then, but there's some drawbacks. You don't really have that freedom. But now that you're an adult, you have that freedom. But sometimes there are pieces of it that really, like, sucks. Uh, or, like, just because of the responsibilities. But I will say, like, a couple little key points before we definitely close it off. It's like, yeah. you know, for those people that want to pay off debt, you know, definitely seek out people. Uh, uh, seek out a network or whatnot. There's just so much. There's a wealth of information for you to be just sort of debt free. And when you become debt free, you don't necessarily have to change who you are. I mean, I, I, I'm eating sandwiches mm -hmm. for lunch. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I'm still. I'm not saying I'm broke. I'm I'm comfortable. And I'm trying to build up my net worth and whatnot. 
but I had all, all my money tied up in the paying down loans and credit cards. But now I got a chance to uh, have my money into different things, like putting more right. into my, uh, my Roth IRA, my TSP retirement. And also, um, I'm also investing in, in real estate. I got, I got some shares in real estate and whatnot. So there's just so many different opportunities and um, it's, it's just so much. And, and I don't have to like worry about money anymore. That's one of the things that people stress about how like you hear about all the divorces, a lot of divorces happen because they're not on the same page financially. You hear yeah. about um, a lot of um, a lot of people uh, don't have enough money to cover a five hundred dollar emergency, enough money to cover a thousand dollar emergency. You really got to hunker down and save some money and pay off, see where all your money's going to, all these different avenues, and really create a plan. And it's crazy because I went from uh, in my mailbox they send me mail about loans and credit cards and this that and the other while I was still in debt. But now I'm getting loans because I made a few donations to like National Cancer Society. I'm getting donation money can you donate here can you donate there and so like yeah. finance is one of the things in your life where like you can change and it can change you and it can change the people around you and i hope to become an inspiration towards people from the from the art p art side but also on the finance side and it's just it's just so much man investing stocks everything man it's just it's exciting and you know you really got to build that net worth because you're gonna need money to retire i guarantee you right now if you retire 500 grand in DC, you probably not gonna cut it. Like you, you gonna need like <laughs> right. a million you plus. You ain't doing nothing. <laughs> you you gonna need a million plus. No, no trust me. You gonna need a million plus because I actually read an article a couple of days ago about how much five hundred thousand dollars will last you in Virginia. It'll last you like probably like three to five years in Virginia, for example. But like California, Hawaii, and New York, five hundred thousand dollars will probably only last you about a year and ten months or something like that. So yeah, it, that's fair. That five hundred only gonna stretch in Delaware, man. <laughs> right, 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 right. And it's just, it's just, it's just so much, man. And, and, and you know, it's just a lot of stuff that you, you and I, that I can, um, sort of, sort of teach you or talk to you about, um, you know, again about investing, about stocks. I'm yeah, nah, for, man, for you know. sure, bro. And I'm, I'm all ears for you know, because I got a lot of friends on, a lot of people on it. I got to tap into it more, you know, when I think about wanting to purchase a home in the next two, three years. Um, right. I'm doing great with saving money. Um, but now, I'm, like we talked before, I want to get more into investing and, you know, having my money work for me. Even if it's making $20 overnight while I'm sleep, sleep like that's a win for me. Like, because I just want to, you know, that 20 could turn into 20,000, 200, so forth and so on. So, you know, we definitely going to stay connected on this topic for sure, bro. Yeah, but one of the one of the biggest things you got to do is also stay investing in yourself. You know, and definitely even for yeah. you, look at how much look at how much you got in student loans right now. See, you know, figure out a time frame if you can tackle that uh, uh, in a, in a reasonable time frame. Will it take you three years, five years, ten years? You know, sometimes you just got to sit down, write stuff down, and plan it out. Um, that that applies to anybody and everybody. Just sit down, write write it out, and, and make a plan and make it work. You know, because I guarantee you that money that you Oh, and student loans, you know, imagine if you, you didn't have that right now. You can throw all that into these investments and you got a little you got little businesses and styles that you're running right now. You just have more more capital and just more funds on hand to be able to do these other different things. Because you always been moving and shaking. You be in Vegas and Nevada yeah. and Delaware <laughs> and you be in D.C. and you be in Miami. You always been everywhere. I, I'm surprised you even carved out 40, 45 minutes for me. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> nah, man, you know it's always, always like I said. This is you are really when they when the people say day one, you're like, nah, this is literally a day one. Yeah, like, man, yeah. And for those listening, like my father still has the apartment over on sixteen twenty one. So you know, oh, we man. still over there. We still over there here and there, man. Yeah, yeah, I need to come back over there, man. I need to like, oh man, every time I go around that way, man, I'm like, wow, like mm. totally different. You know, totally different. Uh, 
it's it's totally different now too. Like I I will right. say the building because you know over years the building condition has changed and stuff. Right. Neighbors have changed. It, it, it's you lost said, that you said sense Mr. Crawford, of that. Mr. Crawford moved out, right? Yeah, so it's lost okay. that sense of that community. You know, we was just twelve apartments in there. Everybody knew everybody, but now it was like you know you see people in the hallway, you don't even know who that is. You know how it is. Everybody moving in the city and then out the city. So, uh, but yeah, bro. But now nah, this was great, bro. Um, thank you. Definitely appreciate you coming on here, bro. Um, you know we'll have you on again. And, um, you know, we're going to stay in touch, man. And um, I can't wait to share this with the world. And, you know, we can just continue to, you know, build on this topic because it's something that a lot of people need, but specifically us as young black people. You yeah. know, we need to change the, the, the cycle. Wealth. We need to change the narrative. So once we had kids and grandkids, like wealth, investments, all that stuff is like exactly. second nature to them. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. And um, I'll, I'll leave you with all my uh, links for everybody, you know. So my Facts. art website, my art website is um, www.relsimonart.com, rel, R-E-L-L, relsimonart.com. Um, again, I write articles on Medium, but my sort of homepage is um, www.relsimon.medium.com, where I write my uh, personal finance articles. I'm also on Instagram at kicksoncanvas underscore artistry. And I'm also on Twitter at underscore Filipino excuse me, at Filipino underscore rel. And so, um, yeah, just hit me up on there and, you know, definitely looking forward to it, sharing these articles with people. And, you know, maybe I'll do a podcast on my own or maybe I'll do some Zoom uh, workshops or what have you about finance yeah. and things like that. So it's definitely some, some open avenues for me. And I'm excited to talk to you more about this. And thank you for having me on. And I'm excited for anybody that uh, listens to this, <laughs> you know, but God bless you all. And I'm just excited about the next journey, not only for me, for you, but for all of us, um, that is still here and, and blessings to anyone that, that um blessings to anyone who's lost somebody during during covid man it's been really yeah. rough and yeah. it's about survival these days but please just take care of yourselves everybody and god bless you all right man appreciate it bro yes sir thank you all right peace all right bye thank you for tuning into dreams by any means motivation station where hustle plus faith equals success stay tuned for the next episode